Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here come the drums! Bro, I need a damn break from this squad. I need a damn break from this squad. I almost had a heart attack yesterday, but you know what I like to say? You know my two favorite words? What are my two favorite words after after ugly wins? Teachable win. Teachable win yesterday at Baylor. The bye week comes at the right time. Longhorns now 6-1, and one, bowl eligible. They topped the Baylor Bears. It is episode 8 of the 41 Acres with Landry and Day Day. Day-Day getting ready for a little Texans action. He's got the customized Deontay Foreman jersey on, looking so clean. How do you feel after Texas's win over Baylor, Mr. Foreman? Man, um, you know, Texas, I'll be honest with you, man. I They didn't look very good yesterday, man. I mean, yeah, we got the wins, and, you know, to your point, uh, you know how, how we do it, man. You don't you don't care about style points. It's just about getting the dub, That's man. That's how it is, bro. You know, and... I, you know, to me, I feel like we should have played better than what we played yesterday. I don't, I don't think that we looked very, uh, good, man. I think that, you know, for the most part, Baylor was able to run the ball on us to a degree. Um, you know, even towards the end of the game, you know, we had, uh, a situation where, you know, they actually could have came back and, and, and tied the game, man. I don't think that Shane Bruchel was very efficient, uh, throwing the ball, man. Uh, you know, we did finally get a hundred yard, uh, running back in Ingram, though. And a lot of people on Twitter, uh, when I put the poll out there yesterday, they said that he would do it, man. And ultimately he did. And this is the thing, you know, you lose your starting quarterback, so all bets are off, especially at the University of Texas. Shane Bouchel hadn't taken a snap before yesterday. Sam Ellinger actually started out four of five. Uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people look at an injury to a quarterback and they say, this is bad luck, you know, this is just one of those injuries. It's not. Because who does Sam Ellinger consistently get compared to? They compare him to like a Tebow Light, Tim Tebow Light. Right, right. When you endure the kind of pounding that Tebow did at Florida and that Sam Ellinger endure, endures at Texas, injury is always a possibility. Tim Tebow had a shoulder injury when he was at Florida as well to where his arm was hanging and, and he struggled with it for a while. So, Unfortunately, as as good as Sam is, when you're when you're that open to punishment, this type of stuff's going to happen. And you know, I saw Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman Legend, by the way. No, no disrespect meant uh, to to Mr. Bowles, but I I saw Kirk Bowles at one point say that Shane Bouchel looked good yesterday. No, he didn't. And you know, the statistics don't even do it justice because if you look at it, you think it's serviceable. He should have thrown a couple more picks. He was missing receivers. Shane oh, Bouchel yeah. did not look good. If if you just look at the box score, you could say that's not too bad. He should have thrown another pick in the end zone. There was another one that should have been picked as well. He could have thrown three interceptions yesterday. And maybe you're maybe you're kind of nitpicking when it comes to a backup quarterback, but if I'm Tom Herman, I would at least try to get a look at these two freshman quarterbacks, whether it's uh, Rising or Thompson, and just see what they can do. Because it's one thing to do that against Baylor, but if Sam's dinged up against Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State's not that good, but you are going to Stillwater, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, something like that, you're going to have to look at these other guys. But the good news is that it looks like Sam Ellinger is going to be able to throw at the uh, at the end of next week, and the bye week couldn't come at a better time. 
Well, definitely need the the uh, bye week, man. If if Sam, you know, showed this hurting like we said, uh, like we think that it is, or that it was reported that it is, um, you know, having that week off definitely helps, man. And again, to your point, man, Shane really didn't look good. And I like the kid, man. You know, I like Shane. I was, you know, obviously my boys were there when Shane was a freshman, and you know him. Oh, I saw you know, y'all take a his... selfie together before. It's pretty oh, cute. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, y'all look good, man. Y'all <laughs> oh, look good together. You and Shane look good. Wow, man. Look, we ain't gonna start this. <laughs> Today, lock man, I'm telling you. But Shane is, is 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 my boy, and I really you know pulled for him, man. But he he didn't look good yesterday. And to your point again, uh, you know we we have to look at these freshmen, man. That was a perfect opportunity. I felt that uh we could have seen you know at least Cameron Rising come in, man, and and do some things yesterday, man. Uh, Sam, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Shane was overthrowing receivers, man. Had uh Duvernay, you know. Uh, on the post route and just over you know, that was the big yeah, one. You're up, absolutely. you're up, you're up ten points. You know, at the end of the at the end of the second quarter, that's really where the game was won. But you turn the ball over there, you give Baylor breathing room. That was really where the game turned around, and they had an opportunity. Maybe Shane gets more comfortable now. His eyes are open to the possibility of him coming in. So I'm not saying he needs to be benched or anything. And, and at the end of the day, they did get the W, but he looked good. But let me, I we always got to talk about who looked bad because what do we say about Jeff Van, what Jeff Van Gundy line? Don't ignore in victory what you wouldn't ignore in defeat. Defeat, absolutely. Cameron Dicker, you missed two game-winning field goals. I know you want. I know you kicked the game-winning field goal against Oklahoma, but you had two chances this week against Baylor to ice the game. You missed two field goals to win the game. And if Baylor scores at the end of that game, what are we sitting here talking about? We're talking about Dicker, the kicker, costing you the game because he missed two field goals. Anthony Beck. Normally, we want the Beck we want to clown on is Tim Beck. Anthony Beck, he does a great, 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 great job blocking. Like, the job that he does blocking, it's something that, you know, our amateur eyes don't notice very often unless you go back and watch. The job he does blocking for a tight end is some of the best run blocking you'll ever see. But he's also a guy that struggled yesterday. At the end of the game, Texas is going to, before Dicker's first missed field goal, they're driving to to ice the game. There's a first down play call where it's an RPO. Shane fakes the, fakes the handoff, throws it to Anthony Beck, who's seaming down the middle for a touchdown. He's not even looking at the damn ball. He's not even looking at the damn ball. That's ball game right now, if you, right there, if you catch that. Had a couple drops as well. Actually got away with on Colin Johnson's, uh, final chain mover at the end of the game. Got away with the block in the back. Yes. So you're, you're, you're one of the leaders of this team, Anthony Beck. You were bad yesterday. And I'm sure that he knows that. He should know that. Dicker the kicker, Anthony Beck, two guys that could have cost Texas this game had they not been able to pull it off. Well, um, yeah, absolutely. We know that Anthony goes out there and he can block and, you know, those, uh, um, Kicks that, that Dicker missed was, uh, absolutely huge, man. But like I said, the, the whole game to me, man, uh, was, was, was kind of sloppy, man. I mean, we were able to run the ball. And like I said, you know, shout out to Keandre Ingram. I think this kid is going to be special as well. Uh, he gave himself you know, an F this year. He said that, he said that his grade for himself so far in the season is F. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think this, I, I think he's the truth. He also, you can tell he's kind of hurt a little bit. So yeah. bye week comes at a good time for him, but that's the guy that's going to take you home in these, oh, no, in these no. Final no doubt, five games. no doubt, man. I mean, this, this kid, like I said, especially I, I just I like his shiftiness. I like his vision. You know, uh, his jump cuts. You know, in and out of holes, man. Like he sees the field very well, man. And I think that's gonna bode well for him. Uh, again, the first uh, hundred yard rusher that we've had on the season. Um, you know, Trey Watson. You know, looked pretty decent yesterday as well. I mean, Texas was able to run the ball. We were able to to run the ball on on uh, this Baylor defense. Um, and 
Colin Johnson, man. Colin Johnson is really, really showing me some things, man. I mean, again, we got on this kid earlier uh, in this season about him not being physical enough and so on and so forth. But some of the things that he's doing now and, and how he's fighting, man, and just having that, that moxie about himself, man, that determination to uh, pick up the, the fourth down. I mean, Shane threw some balls to him that, uh you know, kind of threaded the needle, man, and he was in between defenders and fighting and catching the ball, man, and picking up key first downs uh, on that drive, man. So shout out to Colin Johnson, man. He's doing his thing out there, bro. And this is the thing, Colin Johnson, thirty catches through six games. He's he's having he's having a good season. He's developing uh, as as weeks go on. He's looking more and more like a potential NFL receiver. But it seems like online all the time, everybody's saying, just throw it to Calvin jo- uh, Colin Johnson. Throw it to Colin Johnson every time. Throw it to Colin Johnson. That's not how the offense works. And I, I don't know what, what what people don't understand about it, but he's not open every time. It's 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 selective when you throw it up to them. And I'll use the example of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was in Herman's offense when they won the national championship. He didn't even have 60 catches. So it, it's they, they spread the ball around in this offense, and then when Colin Johnson's ready to move the chains, he moves the chains. The fact that he is an intermediate option now, I think that adds a new element to to Texas. They did do a good job of holding Baylor to uh, 88 yards rushing. They rushed for 170 themselves. I don't know what exactly is wrong with this team in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter. They're one of the top five worst teams statistically in the fourth quarter. You know, a lot of that could have to do with the fact that they've had some leads against TCU and USC, and they had that meltdown against Oklahoma. But this team's got to be better in the fourth quarter. They just have to, and, and I'm sure that that's something that they they'll they'll probably stress the, these two weeks in the bye well, week. Well, the thing about it, they're taking their foot off the gas, you know, too early for some reason, man. I don't understand. I don't know if they're getting, you know, just kind of relaxed or, you know. Uh, Whatever they're, they're, they're doing, man. But, you know, that's, uh, Tom Herman, Todd Orlando. They need to get together and get these guys. Hey, you know, we're, we're playing three good quarters of football, but then in that fourth quarter, and especially if the game is close, man, you know, you, you can't take your foot off the gas. Like I said before, man, if you leave somebody on life support, it can come back and they can potentially hurt you, you know, in the long run. So they have to get much better, uh, as far as that go. Um, the pass rush yesterday. What did you think about the pass, pass rush? Pass rush yesterday? is terrible. This is this is the biggest problem with Texas. When people like say Texas is back, and I'm I'm not a fan of it. What's stopping Texas from being not even back, just elite? Is they don't have enough talent on the front in the front seven to to be elite. Like when you when you look at the Alabamas and, and teams like that, and even Ohio State, you got to have more talent in the front seven. And there's some guys that are playing decent, but they don't pressure the quarterback enough, and they just don't have the talent there. It it'll come, but right now, you know, I like to. I always have to mention the guy uh, every podcast. Brecken Hager's gar Hager is garbage oh, again. Oh man, I'm, I'm watching. Brick- I, I mean, yesterday, bro, there was a there was a play where he tackled his own guy on the sideline. Yeah, there was a play there was a play where he wasn't ready, so he tackled the quarterback three seconds after he handed it off, and it wasn't even a zone read. He had no tackles yesterday. They're limiting his snaps at least. Look, I'm sure he's a leader. I'm sure that he gets the kids focused and stuff, but I, I he just can't I play. E- I don't even know if if we can even put him. You know, and then he tried to jump category. on, and then some, and then Gary Johnson got a sack, and he tried to jump on top of the quarterback and help him up, like like the like he was going to fool the stat keeper or something <laughs> like that. Man, hey, like I said, it's bro, rough, man. man. Br- Brick and horrible is exactly that, man. He's horrible, man. This 
dude can't get off blocks. I mean, I'm watching him yesterday and I'm actually rewinding the DVR and just to see him line up and, you know, to get engaged with blocks, man. I mean, he's getting pushed around, bro. Like this, this kid just doesn't make it. I understand, you know, his dad was a, know, legend. Uh, a legend at, at Texas and everything like that, but this kid just simply don't got it, man. And like I said before, we, you know, we don't mean to rag on kids or whatever the case may be. He might be a great kid off the field and so on and so forth, but we judge these kids strictly by what we see. They are football players, so on the field, if they're trash, we're going to call their ass out, man. And we've been calling Brick out the whole freaking season, and he still hasn't improved. He hasn't done anything. His best game was, uh, what? K-State. Uh, uh, against K-State. And, I mean, he wasn't good most of that game. He just made a couple plays that I did. He had right. the deflection stuff. You know, he's been he's been bad, but opposite of him, Charles Amina, who looks like he's kind of coming on. I mean, he had yeah, he had a couple that. sacks yesterday. He yes. looks he looks he looks like he he appears to be playing good. Yeah. And, and and in fairness to Hager, I did see them send a running back over on his side a couple times. Baylor did. So it's not like past weeks where he was only getting single team. They were sending someone there. I don't quite know why, but they were doing that. Gary Johnson, though, it seems like we say his name a lot. Yes. This dude's starting to become a baller. Man, he's hey, he's I'm... doing exactly what we thought he would do. Eleven tackles yesterday. He had a sack. Two and a half tackles. Tackles for loss. Gary Johnson came out and balled. Oh, that 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 dude at the linebacker position, man. He he's doing his thing, man. You know, opposite uh Anthony Wheeler. Um, Wheeler you know, also seven tackles right, yesterday. Absolutely, man. So the, those guys are doing it. You would think that the DNs, you know, coming down, man, the Hagers and the Minahues and and those guys, man. Even uh Chris Nelson, man. You know, he may show up in spurts or whatever. But you know, again, uh, alluding to your point, the the front seven, man, is no is pressure. Not very good. And man. a lot we're of times not... it doesn't seem like they're even trying to bring pressure. I know at the end of the game, I was freaking out because they were just letting them just stand up. Uh, Hager was even lined up over the guard, and they were just letting him stand up so there's there's absolutely no pressure when you play texas tech and when you play west virginia who by the way is coming off a loss we'll talk about that you're gonna have to pressure the quarterback because you get no no db regardless of how talented your dbs are you can talk dbu you can talk about the new uh revolution 18 uh, or you can talk about stearns you can talk about foster no dbs guarding somebody for eight seconds Oh, it's no, too much to ask. Not, not at all. And, and, you know, we haven't, that's a name that we hadn't, you know, mentioned, uh, you know, as of late, man. And I'm not, you know, again, ragging on the kid or whatever. You know, Caden Stearns, you know, he's, he hasn't really just jumped off the screen as of late. Had man. a nice pick yesterday, but. Yeah. Couple but of good I, tackles. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, he looks we, like a again, freshman. He looks yeah, like a freshman. We, we still know the kid is going to be going to be special or whatever, man. It's just you know, early on in the season, man. I mean, this kid was just really, really jumping off the screen. But you know, I just want to see more uh, uh, out of him, man. Uh, just because I expect more from him. Uh, PJ Locke, man. Uh, he he doesn't need to be covering anybody. <laughs> he, he doesn't need to be covering he can't, he anybody. He can't cover a dead person with a blanket, man. I, I swear, dude. I, I just wonder if he's wearing his shoes on the right feet or something <laughs> like that, because he's he he can't cover anybody. It's a pro. It's a real problem right now. I mean, he he can tackle, but PJ Locke in in coverage is a disaster. Six tackles yesterday, a tackle for loss. He's not big enough to be a linebacker, but he's someone that you need to like when when you're in you know, nickel dime all that. You want him as close to the line of scrimmage as possible because he's not he's not very good in coverage. And you know what I like? I like that we're talking about all this negative stuff and we're still talking about a six and one football team. Oh, that's yeah. that's at the end of the day because in the past we'd be talking about this stuff and we'd be talking about guys that don't know how to win. Texas, it's really really remarkable because the last two years. 
they've blown the most fourth quarter leads. And I think it's kind of unfair to say that because a lot of times they were playing better teams and they, they were playing within themselves and they just didn't know how to finish. But this year, despite the fact that they've been so bad in the fourth quarter, they seem to know how to win. And that's, that's, that's the one good thing that Tom Herman has going for him. And this is the, the, one the matur- of many. This is the, the, the maturation or uh, process of this team. This is where, uh, we're starting to see Herman turn this team around. You know, Tart Orlando, the whole coaching staff again, man, I give these guys a, a, a lot of props on what they're doing. I know I would rag on Herman early in the season. Oh yeah, again, you ate that crow. Was, you tucked your tail it, between it, your legs it, in that it, one, man. Oh uh, man, look, you took I, that I, L. Let me tell you something, man. I don't freaking tuck my tail between my legs, man. Ah, uh, you did it. How I see you did it last week with Herman. I mean, I called it like I see it, man. Early on in the season, you know, Texas didn't look like a very good football team, and we talked about it on this podcast. But now, like I said before, man, even with with ugly wins and uh, you know, and and you know, bad fourth quarters, man, these guys are still making plays. These guys are still finding ways to to win ball games, man. So again, man, Herman is is doing his thing, man. I give him his props, man. Uh, The whole coaching staff. just want to see better fourth quarters from these guys, man. These guys, they're 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 finishing games, but not in the style that we feel like they should finish games, man. I mean, we have opportunities to really blow people out, man, and, and they're you know kind of hanging around, man, in the fourth quarter, man. But this is the reason that I wanted them to win yesterday. It wasn't even like I can take an L. I'm fine with taking an L, but I thought it would have been unfair for Sam Ellinger, given everything that he's gone through this year and coming off that Texas OU performance. The thought of him having to take a loss on the sidelines, what just didn't seem right to me. Like if if Sam is going to go out there and take a loss, I'm fine with it. Take it on the chin, you earned it. But just the thought of him working as hard as he as he could, putting them in the driver's seat towards the Big Twelve title game, sitting on the sidelines watching that, I just didn't think that would be very fair. So I think the football gods kind of came through, kind of came through for us yesterday. I, I didn't, I didn't think he deserved that kind of fate. And by the way, the punting was better as well. We'd, we'd be hard pressed if we didn't, uh, it mentioned that the punt at the end of the game down to the one yard line. Yeah. Our, our two yard line. That was and I mean, massive. I mean, and in the Baylor's defense, man, you know, this, this kid has to make that catch. He had, he has to feel that point, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just what you're taught, man. You, you have to feel that point because again, it was a, a very good point, but had he feel the point, it still would have been decent, but it wouldn't have rolled down what inside the five like it did. I'd like to see they, they did it at the, uh, on third down on the final series before they punted. I would like to see more wild. If Shane Bouchelle is going to play. I would like to see them get more creative and maybe add more elements to the Wildcat with Humphrey and Ingram. I agree. Because it seems like every time they get to the red zone and Lil Jordan does that, it seems like good things happen. So I don't know how how much how many wrinkles they have to it, but if Shane Bouchelle is going to be out there, I, I would like to see Lil Jordan Humphrey, the Wildcat, uh, expanded, if well, you will. You, having Shane out there, you know, obviously, you take the dynamic away of of uh, worrying about the run. I mean, he has some escapability, but not like Sam. I, he doesn't uh, run like Sam or whatever, and he really doesn't um, 
throw an accurate deep ball as we, you know, talked about. No, not earlier. at all. So, not at all. So to, to run the screens like they were running yesterday, um, to Colin on one side or LJ on the other side, you know, just, or, or, you know, dumping it off to Ingram coming out the, the background, that, that has to be, the quick screen has to be the extension of your running game, what you're losing with, uh, with Sam, you know, obviously being hurt. And I want to see what, I don't know what these freshman kids have. I know Tom Herman said after the game that Rising didn't know what to look for uh, with the headset on, which I, I don't know how much stock you put in that. He's probably just not used to putting the headset on because uh, it's usually Sam or Shane. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm I'm imagining that those kids, at least at the very least, their their eyes are open to the possibility of getting on the field. But fully expect Sam to be back just based on everything I've seen. I know it's going to be a process where he's throwing the ball and just having to get used to it. But I initially thought that it was stitches. I initially thought that he needed stitches on his hand, it but was, I guess it was the shoulder. It was weird to me because that was the initial report, you know, and, you know, the camera panned in and we seen that, the you know, he had blood on his hand and someone said around his nose or something, but then he goes into the locker room and he's in there for maybe about 15 minutes. And as he comes back out on the field, um, you know, they're saying that, that it's a shoulder injury. It, it was just kind of weird to me, you know, I mean, you know, that you would, you know, from blood on the hands or whatever the case may be to a whole shoulder injury. I mean, it didn't seem kind of weird to you that, and I'm not saying that he's, you know, faking the injury or that they're, you know, uh, engaging in some kind of BS or whatever as far as the injury goes, but it just seemed kind of weird. Yeah, it was strange, but you could see his, you could see his shoulder hanging down. I don't know what the hell it is with shoulders in Texas quarterbacks, though. I mean, they, uh, yeah. the, the Colt <laughs> McCoy thing, you start thinking about that. Uh, but they get the dub, six and one, five games remaining in the Big 12. You're going to Oklahoma State in two weeks. You're going to have West Virginia at home, which doesn't look as hard as it once did. Uh, going to Lubbock, Texas Tech, not going to be an easy one. And then Iowa State, who looks like a good football team, but who knows what they're going to be on the road. And Kansas, which you can chalk that one up. I'm not a fan of looking past people, but you can look past Kansas. I mean, basically, you're in a situation right now where if you go 3-2, and two, you're going to be in the Big 12 title game for the most part. That's that's pretty much the situation that, that Texas is looking at realistically and how everything will play out. They're going to have a chance to win every game. They might even be favored in every single game remaining. What is your realistic expectation right now for the for the Longhorns with five games remaining? Well, I already told you uh, last week. You know that we talked about on the podcast. I, I think they're going to win out. You know, and honestly, I, I look past Baylor or whatever, and you know, you didn't know the quarterback was going to get hurt. Yeah, you're right. You know, so you can't predict you know, that. I, I, if, if Sam, you know, plays against against Baylor, man, I think that we, you know, we we blow him out, but. Uh, you know, going, moving forward, uh, to the season, I, I think Texas wins out, man. I just don't see anyone that's capable of, uh, West Virginia will be interesting. It, it, it will be interesting, West Virginia. They got Iowa, their ass handed to them by Iowa State. Iowa State, right. Iowa State, man, they're doing some things, man, up there, man. They the fight, Ames, man. They, they claw, they, they, yes. they play defense too, but this is the thing, man. It's not that you got these two teams at the right time. That's what we said about West Virginia. You got them at the right place. They're different teams at home than they are on the road. road. So that's, that's the thing. Like these two teams that scare you the most. And I'm not trying to disrespect Texas Tech because we know Texas Tech is a tough place to play, especially for Texas. But these two teams are better at home. And when you, uh, uh, when you get them at DKR, which is they're undefeated at DKR this year, they haven't lost a game there. That's that. They're not the same squad. They're not even close to the same squad. You, you know what scares me? The 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 back end 
you know, is, is going to scare me against teams like uh, West Virginia and Tech, man. We know that those guys can put up a lot of points, man. And, and you know, just to be frank, man, I will back in uh, to a degree. I mean, you know, Chris Boyd, he'll, you know, make some plays and, and everything like that, man. But like I said, you know, P.J. Locke, you know, um, is, is not good back there, man. They're, they're going to try to spread the field. They're going to throw it all over the place. You know, Will Greer, he's going to have something to prove. Um, who's the quarterback for uh, uh, Tech? You know, I mean, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. They've had guys going in now. I'm not, right, I'm not worried so. about. I'm not worried about Tech. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Tech will be able to put up points, man. They'll be able they, to put up points, but I, I just don't think they're physical enough, and I think you can bully them. I think you can. I think you can bully hey, Texas hey, Tech. Hey, hey, they they beat us last year in Austin, man. Yeah, but that was that was that was probably Sam's low point. Yeah, but he's a little bit different this year. Okay, yeah, maybe so. I mean, this is a different Texas team, obviously, or whatever. And I'm not saying obviously. That. Like, I said, like I said, Texas is going to win out. That's not the question. I'm just I'm I'm and I'm not worried about, about West Virginia either. What, let me ask you this. Devonte Davis, man. Devonte Davis. He's inconsistent, but he, I mean, he's he's doing all right. I, I think he I think he's playing well. He made some decent. Plays honestly, I feel like man. honestly, I feel like a lot of times when these corners are getting beat, the quarterback has five seconds to throw the football, and there's absolutely no pressure. So you know, I, I I'm not expecting these kids to be Deion Sanders. You know, there's there's times where these kids get burned, but a lot of times it's because the quarterback's getting seven seconds. I don't know. I don't know if you can. And and quite honestly, I know a lot of people say Todd Orlando pressure the quarterback. Obviously, he's trying to do that. He's trying to do that. So maybe, maybe these guys just aren't capable of pressuring the quarterback. Maybe Breck and Hager just can't get to the quarterback. Well, well, and, and, and you're making my point. That's that's my point. Because the quarterbacks from Tech or West Virginia, you know, these guys have so much time back there because Texas is not getting a pass rush uh, consistently to put pressure on these guys. You know that West Virginia men have some speed demons out there, man, as well as Texas Tech have some speed demons out there, man. So, again, to your point that you were talking about earlier, to be able to cover a guy, you know, for five, you know, six seconds, man, is going to be difficult, man. We, we have to get this pass rush together, man. And, Texas must get this pass rush together. And, I mean, I think it all starts at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, they oh, started man. out hot. Um, yeah, they haven't oh, been man. the same thing, but – you go to Oklahoma State, get that win. That's that's the momentum you want heading into West Virginia. And I'm going to the West Virginia game. I was hoping that West Virginia would pull it off yesterday so it could be a misleading top five team. Right. Not gonna happen because they got they got the brakes tapped off uh tapped off them by Iowa State. So the schedule really doesn't you know, the the hard part of the schedule is gone. And it's gone from people saying you, you would have this record after the the uh the Oklahoma game to now people talking about winning out and people are even talking about the uh, college football playoff picture now especially after yesterday because you know uh Notre Dame they squeak by number five Notre Dame squeaks by with a five point win uh number nine Texas wins by six Central Florida don't care about them uh and then you got top ten losses you got number two Georgia number six West Virginia oh, number seven Washington and number eight Penn State of those four teams right there I'm gonna say that. West Virginia should be behind Texas. Washington with two losses should be behind Texas. Texas right. Penn State with two losses should be behind Texas. But I still think Georgia, even though they got beat by LSU, I'd still put Georgia ahead of Texas. I think Georgia is still a better team than Texas. I, I, I agree with that. And it was so funny, man. That was actually shocking to me because I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about Georgia and uh and LSU, man, and, and you know, just – not think after Florida beat LSU and what we seen from LSU last week, uh, I did not think that 
LSU with with they you know, dominated them. Yeah, right. They kicked man. their ass. I mean, like, damn. No, I wasn't you know, close. That was surprising. But this is the thing about that loss. It really doesn't mean anything for Georgia. Like, and, and a lot of people. That's the whole thing about when you're in the SEC East like that. Like. If Georgia wins out and they win all their games, they're going to be in the playoff. Oh yeah, because no doubt. that means that they're that means that they're going to be in the uh, SEC title game. They're going to beat Alabama and they're going to be in the playoff. Yeah, they, yeah. If that's they, if that's if they win out, so it's really not that big of a loss Alabama? for them. No, I don't. I don't think anybody can beat Alabama right now. I think it's I think it's borderline cheating what they got going on right now. <laughs> the kid the kid hasn't even thrown a uh, the kid hadn't even thrown a pass in the fourth quarter and he's the he's the Heisman candidate. Like it's not nobody nobody can beat Alabama. I don't I don't feel. And you take it a step further. The thing is, even if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC title game, if they're unbeaten, I would still put them in the playoff. Because a one-loss Alabama with their only loss oh, to yeah, Georgia, no, I'd uh, put them there. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt. Like a lot no of people doubt. have this playoff. So, so, so you're saying that that right now, you know, if, if you know the football gods, if everything you know pan out the way the way that it does, Alabama is definitely going to be there. You would definitely put Georgia there. So, out of the four playoff teams, we already have two that we're predicting uh, uh to be in. No, there. I'm not predicting anything because it's college football, and you know stuff can go crazy. But what I'm saying is. You know, a lot of people talk about these scenarios and they talk about what could happen and what should. I just look at whenever I, whenever I do the college football playoff talk, I just say what teams truly control their own destiny. And meaning that if you win all of your games, then you, you're, you're going to be in the college football playoff. I think Georgia still controls their own destiny. I think Alabama still controls their own destiny. I even think LSU controls their own destiny because they got Alabama. And if they went out, uh, they're, they're going to be in the college football playoff. I think even Florida does because they, they right. got, they got the one loss. And if they went out there in, and obviously all these teams are going to interchange. Ohio State still controls their own destiny because yeah, they're unbeaten. I was going to bring up Ohio State. And Clemson and Notre Dame might, but I'm just going to say this right now. Those teams suck. Yeah, like I mean, compared they, they, to you're right, man. When we're talking about when we're talking about potential one-loss teams and we're talking about let's say a Oklahoma or a Texas or something like that. I'm not even saying this out of uh, being a homer because I just told you Georgia's better than Texas. Right. I'm not, you, you know, I'm not looking at it through burnt orange glasses, but if you look at what Notre Dame's schedule is and who they're playing and what they've done, they, they're going to play USC, uh, at the end of the season. I don't even know if they're going to run the table. Uh, Clemson, the ACC's down. Miami, they're going to face their, their toughest game remaining. They're going to play NC State, who's number 20 right now because they haven't played anybody. And, Maybe in the ACC championship, they're going to face Miami. Miami right. Clemson and Notre Dame, to me, do not deserve to be in the college football playoff if they're unbeaten, if there's a good one-loss team. And this is the other thing. You've already made this mistake with Clemson. So if I'm yeah. in the college football playoff committee and I give Clemson the benefit of the doubt, and this is the post-Deshaun Watson-Clemson, you got your ass kicked in the college football playoff last year when you got the benefit of the doubt. So the reason that we have this committee is so that they can use the eye test and they can take in all these factors. I don't think that an unbeaten Notre Dame and Clemson, assuming that there's some good one-loss teams, I don't think that they deserve the nod over over uh, one-loss Oklahoma, a one-loss Texas. I really, really don't. I, and I'm just watching the games. Notre Dame is not as good as these teams. Well, well I, hey, and, you know, just to uh, 
elaborate more on that point. You know, and, and that's why they put the committee together, uh, like you alluded to, you know, um, uh, and you write about the, the whole Clemson, uh, thing or whatever. I don't think Clemson should get in there, uh, you know, over some teams that, you know, may have one losses or whatever. But if Texas goes, uh, to play Oklahoma again twice in the championship. And if Texas wind up beating Oklahoma again for the second time in the Big 12 championship, because that's where I think that this whole thing is going. And we talked about this last week on the podcast. If that were to happen, man, and if Tom Herman were to beat Oklahoma twice, you know, twice, bro, in a year, it's, it's no way in hell you can't, you don't put Texas yeah. in the freaking playoffs, bro. Yeah. There's especially no with, way especially with, especially with, with what Notre Dame would have done. They would have beat Michigan, which is a very good football team. And I'll take it a step further. Just I'm not if Michigan wins out and they beat Ohio State and then they win the Big Ten championship, I'll give them the nod over Texas. If or I would at least I would at least hear that hear that discussion there because their one loss would have been to a Notre Dame team that's a lot better than Maryland. If you want to compare compare the losses, but don't try to sell me on Notre Dame running the gauntlet without a conference and and, and playing the teams that they play over a one loss Oklahoma, one loss Texas, and I'm leaning towards Oklahoma winning this winning this conference. Like I think Oklahoma. Wow! If you put a gun to my head, yeah, y'all, y'all here in lock right now, man. Look, I mean, after the performance that Texas put on Oklahoma uh, two weeks ago, man, you still gonna if you still uh, feel like Oklahoma's look, gonna this win is, this conference, look, bro? If you put a gun to my head and Texas and Oklahoma were playing in three weeks, I would I would pick Oklahoma. I think Texas played their best game, but I think Oklahoma is the more talented team. I'm not gonna sit here and over. I I think Texas I, has done man. a very good job. Texas has played very well, but I think Oklahoma's still the better team. I, I, I thought I, this I would have to disagree with you on that man i i think i would have to disagree with you on that bro and, and, and that's I mean, why they the, play the game that's texas, why they play texas, the game texas put their foot in their asses uh, for three quarters they ago, did but they, no, right i'm with you man. i'm with and, you but i'm and, just saying i'm just saying i would i would think i think oklahoma's look this in, in 2008 when texas beat oklahoma 55 45 and a lot of people arguing that texas should be in the national championship against florida uh instead of oklahoma i thought oklahoma was the better team then as well the better team doesn't always win i know it's like a cliche but the better team does not always win like georgia's not better than lsu they just lost yesterday and when when it's college football and when you have to you look mean, at LSU is not better than georgia yeah lsu is not better than georgia yeah. i do not think so i think if those right. teams played again i think georgia georgia beats them but the better team does not always win and there, the the reality is if oklahoma wins out and texas gets in we'll get to see it again i to me i'm actually giving texas a compliment because i think they beat a team that was more talented no one thought this texas team was was going to be in the driver's seat towards winning a big 12 championship you so know, i'm not, I'm you not know gonna i did yeah you know i didn't either and i was optimistic i had them winning nine games like right. i'm not going to sit here and overreact to what i've seen do they know how to win yes do they look like they're heading in the right direction yes but i'm not going to sit here and try to say that uh I think Texas is more talented than Oklahoma just because they beat them. I mean, I, I can't say that, but they'll have a chance to win it. And Tom Herman, 12 and one against the spread as a, as an underdog in his head coaching. So he'll have them up and ready to play. I want that, bro. I want Texas and Oklahoma to rematch, man. And like I said before, I, I'll actually, I took Oklahoma, um, as did you a couple of weeks ago, but if they were to play again, in the Big 12 championship, these guys were to meet up again. I'm, I'm taking Texas in that game, man. I'm, I'm taking them, Sam's got to be healthy, right? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, a, a healthy Sam. But I think Sam will be okay. Again, you know, going into the bye week this week, man, to give him a chance uh, to rest, man. And, uh, hopefully, and he does own Oklahoma. 
That's another thing. Sam Ellinger owns Oklahoma. And the other factors with Oklahoma, you got to see how Kyler Murray takes that L because he didn't lose in high school and he was crying like a, like a, Quite frankly, for lack of a de- better term, I know he's crying like a bitch at the podium after that loss. Yeah. I, I thought he, I didn't think he handled himself very well. Uh, so you, not, you'll not see like how he handles of, it. Of, of that team. No, man. you'll see how we'll see how he handles it. And you know they got a new defensive coordinator, so maybe their defense starts playing better because yeah, Texas what, got what, Stoops what, fired. What do you think about uh, about that? I think man, Mike Stoops, Stoops is a jackass, anyways. I don't think he's a very good D coordinator. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's weird that he lingered around as long as he did. I know it was a situation where his his brother handed the torch to Lincoln. Riley, so he had to keep him around, but yeah. I think Oklahoma's defense has been a problem ever since uh, Lincoln Riley took over, because the offense is putting up like 49 a game, put, yeah, putting up damn near up. 50, but yeah. they're giving up way too many points, especially for the talent they have, so I think it was a long time coming, and I think finally Lincoln Riley had an excuse to be able to get rid of him. I don't know why he got to linger around as long as he did. I, I, I you know, it was, to be honest with you, and I, and I know that, that, uh, it was a potential. I agree with you as far as him being, uh, uh, you know, sucking as a, as a defensive coordinator. However, I didn't think that they would make a move like that. Uh, you know, kind mid-season? of mid-season, right? You Sometimes know, I thought that they can would spark wait to the end, you know, of the year and kind of see how it. Because even if they would have kept him, I, I think Oklahoma is just that more talented than you know everyone else in the Big Twelve uh, right now. So even with keeping Stoops on board, I believe that they still would have made it to the Big Twelve championship. And then you know, depending on how that game uh, came out, or either way, you know, win that game or lose that game, I think you still. Uh, get rid of him in the off season, but to do it mid season, I think. Was I mean, kind Texas of, has uh, done it a couple times. They did it, uh, Greg Robinson, you know, with with Mac, and, yeah. and the defense actually started playing a little bit better. So sometimes you just get rid you of it. Shake you got you got you to send a message too. You know, those 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 players on the Oklahoma defense, they they feel like they got their coach fired now. So maybe that maybe that lights Might a fire a spark, on them. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. But it's it's just really surprising that we're even having this college football playoff talk about. About the Texas Longhorns, but that's just that's just where we're at man, right now. Hey, this is where we're at. That, that man, hey, you you, you got to call a spade a spade, man. And the fact of the matter is, man, is that Texas is showing the ass right now, man. I mean, these guys are winning. I didn't I didn't see this coming from this team, man. And despite how my personal feelings were, you know, with Herman uh, or for Herman at the time, I mean, this dude has turned this team around. These guys again are out there playing hard for them. They're, they're busting their ass, man, and they they're winning games. I mean, we. We had a bad Shane Michelle yesterday, and I know Baylor is not elite or whatever. Yeah, we let him hang around or whatever, but we had a, a, a bad, uh, you know, should have lost. We should have lost two missed kicks. Should have lost. Ways to win. They're finding ways to uh to uh uh. uh uh, control the clock a little more. Uh, like I said before, man, uh, you know, yesterday the screen passes were the extension of the running game. Uh, Keontae Ingram is running the ball very well. Trey Watson still runs the ball efficiently. Uh, so we're, we're able to, to dominate the clock, uh, against teams, man, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and I mean, they, they've been, they've been pretty efficient at it, man. So I like the way that, that Tom Herman is, Except is in the managing. fourth. They're bad in yeah. the fourth, though. They're bad. There ain't well, nothing efficient they, they, about what they're they playing no, for. What no, are you the, talking the, about? Defen- defensively, they're bad in the fourth. But I'm saying as far as clock managing offensively. I mean, they've been I scoreless two that, halves, man, this year. Two, two second halves. It's, they, 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 they killed the clock against TCU and K State, but they've, 
uh, they, they've been, they've been pretty damn bad in, in, in the second half offensively. I mean, it, it, it hadn't been as good as I, I mean, the, the first three quarters. I mean, run, running, running the ball and, and being able to, uh, control the clock, uh, a yeah, little control bit the clock a, li- a little bit better, man. You know, sometimes to, to seal games, you know, uh, that's kind of what I was, you know, alluding to, uh, a little more, man. Uh, you know, this again, Keontae, you know, we, we hadn't seen, uh, uh, Daniel Young, man. Well, that's good. <laughs> That's good with me. I'm I'm okay with that. We, we I'm fine with that. There you go, man. I don't know why. I saw, I, what's Tanel Carter cut, doing now? What is Tanel Carter doing man, now? They're probably getting ready to transfer. Get his ass up out of there, bro. He's been recruited over, man. We we're not gonna see uh, Tanel Carter uh, anytime this year, man. I mean, he's done. You know, no yeah, more Kyle he, Porter either. Yeah, I know that breaks yeah, your heart. Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't break. You know, Kyle was good as far as blocking. You okay. know, he, yeah, he, he, he was probably one was of the he? best blocking backs that was they he? had. Yes, he was. I, I'll give him that. You okay. know, he wasn't good running the football, but he, right. he was pretty good at, at pass protection or, or okay. whatever. Uh, we seen, I, I seen a Kirk Johnson, uh, um, sighting yesterday, man. Did you miss it? Yeah, I saw it. I, uh, I, I saw it a Johnson, little bit. Bro, like, I, like, was that his first game, you know, because I, I, I hadn't seen him I in seen any much other of game. I, I haven't seen much of him. I'm, I mean, he was special teams, but it. I mean, he was, he was on there. the field, bro. He was there. Uh, special teams too. I, man, it, this new, this new Eric Metcalf, I was talking about, Eric, uh, talking with this about Eric Metcalf who hopped on the 41 acres earlier this year. Shout out to Eric Metcalf. This new fair catch rule is so stupid. Where you just, where you can just call fair catch anywhere and it goes to the twenty five no matter what. It's right. this is dumb. Well, I mean, I guess it's safety, you know, but it's, it's a lot of things, man. I feel is stupid, man. Like we talked about the targeting rule and and everything like that, man. Uh, you know, kind of being what you know, what's a catch, what's not a catch. I mean, we 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 almost just don't even know now, man. What this whole football thing is going, man. That's college and NFL to a degree. I think college does a little bit better job with the catch, though. I think it's a little bit more clear, and I think they do a a, a better job with replay too. I think. You know, they, they seem to get the job done a lot quicker than, than NFL, but everything is reviewable. So I guess it makes it a little bit easier there. So, well, I, I can say this, uh, you know, Texas game, Big 12 officiating has been a little better, you know, this year as well, man, for some reason, man. Cause it, man, it Baylor was holding harder, a lot bro. though. Baylor was holding a lot too. They were getting away with some holds, especially on that last drive. You didn't notice that? No, I didn't. I didn't yeah, I didn't they showed the replay it, a couple I, I times. They were holding, man. They were cheating. They were cheating a little bit. Not as much as Ohio State, though. You should you should see some of the stuff Ohio State was doing yesterday. So so okay so so now we're here. So we're we're here, man. We're going into uh, the bye week. Um, I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot right now. You're Tom Herman. You know uh, that we have momentum. We're going into the bye week. Uh, what are you telling these guys? How are you keeping these guys focused? You know, with having a week off, uh, moving forward to uh, Oklahoma State in two weeks. I'm just basically gonna say, guys, look. Right now, we're six and one. We're bowl eligible. Uh, we want to be one and zero each week. You know, you know the the old cliche coach talk. Where we want to be one and zero each week. Uh, last year, stuff didn't go our way, and we had some unfortunate breaks. But this year, it's been the complete opposite. We're lucky to be where we're at right now. We could just as easily be we could just as easily be two and four uh, as we are uh, are two and five as we are six and one. So we don't need to take that for granted. We need to capitalize on the breaks we've got. But we've left way too much room for error in these games, and we need to clean up those mistakes. Uh, that means we need to block better. 
when we run. We need to we need to execute better on third down. Uh, we need to finish games the way we start games and come out. And we also need we need to make the kicks that we need to make, and we need to pressure the quarterback because right now we're not going to apologize for where we for where we're at. You are what your record is, but we're very, very, very lucky to be here. And despite the fact that we're in the driver's seat towards reaching our goals, we have not played our best football yet, and that needs to be our goal for these final five or six games. I agree. I think that, um, you know, these guys, and, and I just don't want them to lose. lose. Man, it's got to be hard, though, because all this, these fanboys and stuff, man, like all these people are just putting it in their head. Like you saw Dicker the other day before the OU thing. He's winking. He's he's he, he's nodding and all that. And then the next week he missed two. I'm going to call them game-winning field goals. I don't give a damn. I don't give uh, a damn if they're not. Those are game-winning field goals that right, he missed. Right. Those Definitely are those are just changes. as important as the one that he hit it against Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, those no are, doubt. Those are, game, those, are, those are game-winning field goals that he missed. Uh, I, I just think it's really, really hard at Texas a lot of times just given how much attention these kids get. Uh, social media, you got adults like hitting you up and, and, and praising you and whatnot. Like, it's not easy for these kids to stay focused, but that's, that's the coach's job. And that's my thing. I don't want these kids to get cocky. And that's the thing that, that, that scares me. The good me, thing man, is they've is been that... winning ugly. And that's why I always talk about the teachable win. That's the good thing is that if you left that Baylor game and you felt good as a player, I, I just don't see how you could. I don't see how you could function like that because you, you were inches away from losing. Like I, I, I feel like they've at least like against Oklahoma. You were you were very close to losing and having one of the biggest meltdowns in the history of that rivalry and maybe in the history of the of the entire school. Like that the way that they're winning, they're it's it's good because it keeps the kids' attention, but it also it's it scary, could be a man. sign of it could be a sign of something bad happening down the final stretch of the season. Right. Right, I mean, and again, uh, like like we said, man, it, it could be, you know, and I know you discredited him, man, but it could be a Texas Tech. Uh, it could be a, a West Virginia, man. I mean, like I said, these teams are going to throw it all over the field, man. And, again, we're not getting a, a very good pass rush from our front seven. Uh, you know, right now, Gary Johnson is probably the, the the best one right now, man, as far as getting, you know, every now and then. He's uh, a baller. B.J. Foster, you know, will come B.J.'s down a baby, and, though. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, okay right, you know, so – I mean, uh, 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 we have to, we have to do much, much better, man. Uh, Devontae Davis, uh, again, he looked decent. He's inconsistent. He's getting beat. Uh, you know, PJ Locke, man, is, is just mud out there. Like he has semen on his freaking shoes. And, um, Chris Boyd, Did man. You say Chris, semen or cement? Cement. I was you know like, man, I, mean? I was yeah. like, man, what are you trying to say right now? <laughs> you know, and, and Chris Boyd, man, is, is, uh, He's you up know, and down. Yeah, he, he's up and down. He'll get a shot, man. Do, do you see him actually, you know, playing on Sundays, man? I mean, maybe it's early to call it, man. I'm just. I mean, I really think, I really think his key to the NFL. I think he's got the talent to play in the NFL, but I don't know how he plays on special teams. I think special teams are going to have to be something that he does extremely, extremely, extremely well at the NFL level for him to, for him to hang around. Cause he, he he's not a lockdown. That's kind no, of, no, you know, he's not, a, he's, not a, he's not a top, he's not a top three round corner. So he's right. not, he's not there. Yet. He's not there, but I and, mean, and coming into the season, you know, uh, they had him, uh, uh, you know, on the Big watch. Yeah, uh, a, a preseason All American, uh, list or whatever the case may be. But I mean, 
Chris Boy, he's just, he's never transitioned into what I thought that he would be. Obviously he was no, there, you there. know, with, with, you know, with my boys and, and when they were there, but he's just never, uh, took it to that next level. Um, Holton Hill, you know, again, man, as much of a knucklehead as, as Holton, you know, is, man, with some of the things that, that he was doing, man. I mean, you just saw the NFL potential with, with that kid. And I thought that maybe Chris Boyd would kind of elevate to that level. Uh, but he, he hasn't as of yet. Again, he's up and down as well, man. So that's what, what scares me about, you know, uh, uh, Texas Tech and, and West Virginia, because they're going to throw the ball all, all over the field, man. And, and that can, pose a problem for University of Texas, man. Yeah, you, you got to pressure the quarterback, but the bye week is coming. Texas is 6-1. and one. Who knows? You know, It's still going to be a top 10 team. Who will they be ranked ahead of? Who knows? It really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things because there's a lot of football uh, left to be played. Uh, well, we're still we're not going to take a bye week. We're we're going to have we're going to have an episode next uh, next week. Uh, it's been fun, Derek. Look like you got your uh, your drinking goggles on right now. I don't know what those are. There's some Ray Ban aviators. I'm anticipating like some selfies. Maybe Shane Bouchelle can make a cameo in your selfie again. Your boy Shane. Oh wow! Hey, hey, Shane, that's my that's my dude, man. I, I like Shane. He's he's a good kid, man. Didn't look good yesterday, man, but he, he's a he good got the kid, dub. But he though. got the dub. Though, he got man. the dub. He hung in there, and it's it's probably not easy to come off the bench. Uh, we'll be we'll be back. Oklahoma State is next. Uh, Derek, tell them what you always tell them, and tell them how to find us because. A lot of people have been subscribing on iTunes. That's what we need you to do. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. Say whatever you got to say. Uh, this has been the 41 Acres Podcast. I'm Landry Locker. That's Derek Foreman. What do you got to tell him, Derek? You got to tell him. Man, wait, you know, wanna, wait, wait. First, you want to tell him how good Oklahoma is? Oh, man, Oklahoma's a, a beast, man. I mean, Oklahoma, I think, you know, if they meet up in the Big 12 Championship, I think Oklahoma's going to kick Texas' ass, man. Yeah, you got to shout know, him out. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, that's hey. <laughs> You said it, not me. You said it all last week. Hey, quit playing with me, Lock, man. Quit playing with me. Y'all know what it is, man. As always, Texas love, man. From Landry Lock and myself, make sure you guys, again, uh, subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate all of you guys, all of our listeners, all of the comments, all of the great reviews that we've been getting on the podcast. We love y'all, man. And as always, y'all know what it is. Hook them. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.